0: Hello, audience or viewers, listeners, welcome to the Osman Kabara show. This is your show. It is all about interviewing the African professionals in the diaspora. One of them is here with us. Salaamu Alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thank you. Yeah. So before we move forward, uh, I'm calling on you. Whoever is watching Madhubin Kabara or the Osman Kabara show, the host version and English version, please go to Osman Kabara YouTube channel and subscribe subscribe you can subscribe to wherever uh, you are listening to your podcast. Uh,
1: my name is Hawa Abra, originally from, of course, uh, Nigeria, um, old Kano, now Jigawa State. A uh, town that i'm so proud of named old papara yeah they
0: call you El- El- El Papaara, El- El
1: Papaara, yes all right
0: <laughs> so uh please let's start with your the age i know i know you don't hide your age
1: so let's no. start with that where well
0: and when were you born <laughs> So born
1: uh 1969 from opera like i have said um I am one of the babies in the family. My father uh, had uh, four wives, so I have lots and lots of brothers and sisters. And that really um, made me, with all that you have seen in social media, where I am, my personality is just really an extension of coming from a big family.
0: Okay, by saying that, okay, tell us about your family background, please.
1: Yeah, so my father um, originally uh, was from Niger and uh, they migrated migrated to Nigeria as uh, one of those sheikhs who came to spread Islam. They came from Niger uh, alongside with his older brother or elder brother. Mm-hmm. And there they started working with the, uh, like the, um, what do you call them? The Hausa ruling uh, kings and, and the mayors Lessing. Lessing. yes entrusting them with the Islamic or I should say Arabic translations and uh, like English translations and that's how they made their way to mm. becoming um you know in the in the system as name uh malam which means like uh, teacher right teacher in english oh, yeah,
0: teach so they
1: were teachers of Islam um at the at their time that's mm. how we we came to Nigeria. So the people
0: from Niger can say, hey,
1: this is our sister, right? Yes, yes. I have uh, proudly uh, have three nationalities mm-hmm. because my parents originally from Niger, although my mother uh, is, was Nigerian, mm-hmm. it was only my dad who came from Niger. Yeah, you, you, of you born in Nigeria. Hey, I'm a proud Nigerian. And also, of course, now I'm a naturalized American yes so how you
0: said your father is an Islamic scholar and I know what is going on in Africa especially in Nigeria from the northern part where we all come from mm. education especially the women education the girls child education is a big issue how yes. did you, how did how did you come to like Western education your father is an Islamic scholar what happened
1: Tell us. right so my father was an uh, Islamic scholar with the, with a the little advantage point because he also has a, a western education somewhat. I really don't know the history where he obtained it. could have been street like on the street or just associating with the, with the you know people hmm. but well, he the way we were raised has always been different from your local known Hausa culture. Mm -hmm. Our household was always different. We didn't really practice a lot of the culture. But also at the time that I was growing up in the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s, the girls' child education was um, better understood by our system at the time. So I was one of the fortunate girls at the time that was able to further my education beyond primary school. Wow. most of my sisters uh were not lucky in that regard because they they were part of the societal ill of not allowing girls to further their education beyond primary school mm-hmm. so like amongst my sisters i was uh, the first one or am the mm-hmm. first one that was able to graduate high school yeah what happened after that well, after that, of course, I got married, you know, as you may have it in house society. Normally, a girl is mature. She has no any other avenue of survival mm-hmm. in the society except for in, she has to get married.
0: Yeah.
1: So, of course, um, I got married to my husband. Who's and that? What you got? <laughs> my husband is uh, Professor Yusuf Al-Hassan. Okay. The former
0: rector of Colonel State Polytechnic. Uh, yes,
1: the, the the former rector of uh Cano State Polytechnic. Okay. So I followed him here into the United States as a student, uh, wife of a student. You know, students came, they would normally come on an f F1 visa. Yeah. And the spouses would have a F2 yeah, visa. Yes. Right. Yeah. So when we came, well, uh, yeah. well,
0: when did you when did you come?
1: I think it was uh, 80, uh, 1986. 86. I graduated high school in 85, and then we, we moved here in 86. Yeah, okay. So
0: how did you find yourself into the academic line? Is it because of your husband? Is it because of your father? <laughs> what happened?
1: Really, yes. Um, my husband has always been a supporter of me continuing my education because he, he's an educationalist. Mm-hmm. So he's been teaching all his life. And uh, of course, he believes that, you know, um, for us to raise children or farm successfully, it needs more than the husband being educated. It requires also for the mother to be educated yeah and So he always has been pushing me to find time to go back to school mm-hmm. and through it all he would always um you know tell me you can go to night school and so fortunately here in america you know there are opportunities for continuing education because you have schools that operate during the weekend yes. and in the evening so you can do that to your own mm-hmm. piece yeah, so he would keep the kids when we started having children. Mm-hmm. He would babysit the kids in the evening while I go to school.
0: Wow. So why why did you choose? Because I know you are a child specialist. But I can't yes. call it That way, because uh, early child education in America is a big thing. Yes. How did you land into that? Did you choose um, the way somebody to choose it for you? Is it through the counselors in schools? What happened?
1: Actually, so when we moved to the United States, I was only having high school diploma, yeah. which wasn't even accepted here. I had to really went back to school. I went back to school and um, obtained GED. GED, yeah. In, uh, yeah, started from New York mm. because that's where we were living. When we mm. first came, we were living in New York. Mm. So um, when we moved to Missouri, my husband was going to the University of uh, Missouri in Columbia So, we were living in uh, uh, student housing, Mm -hmm. where you have students from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so, they they have kids, and I was just staying at home alone, there is nothing to do. They will just knock at the door and just throw their kids at me to babysit Mm -hmm. while they go to school. So, that's how it all started. That's how you got to know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they will just pay me one dollar per hour to babysit their kids. Wow, one dollar then. One dollar then back then, one dollar per hour. Yeah.
0: Maybe you get like so, two, three, five kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, and maybe two. Okay. Just neighbors, friends, yeah. In mm-hmm. So it's just like kind of marry me into, into that kind of profession.
0: So I know whenever you're growing in Nigeria, as especially like I said, as a woman it's a big challenge and uh, people will think so now they in america they left nigeria only god knows what will happen like okay that's done because they are thinking of maybe religion culture yeah. a lot of things so yeah how do you cope with that
1: actually you know people are different in their upbringing and then people form personalities as an early childhood education, we also believe environment shapes the way you think. Mm. Also, the people in your life also they can, you know, shape the way you operate or the way you are, you the, you frame your mind. So I was lucky in that, you know, I associated with a lot of people who are really, um, uh, very good people, very nurturing. So all my husband's friends, you know, mm. were really very good people. So. I was able to have a positive Mm. environment to grow into when I moved to the United States. Mm. And also, you know, having a supporting husband, it's really a a plus Mm. that, uh, you know, my husband always been there for me and I didn't have to have any issues in life to deviate that will result in me in deviating from my path or looking for some kind of life outside of the norm of what i had mm. what i had was precious as a house a girl coming here thriving mm. to make a life and uh, you know i impacted the life of others in that way rather than me having people influence my life mm. i have being the one influencing the lives of others yeah
0: so how many children do you have and uh, what are the
1: ages? Um, we, together, me and my husband, we have four children. And the first set of kids we have, were twins, mm-hmm. Hassan and Hussein, mm-hmm. who now Hassan is working in Saudi Arabia, teaching in a college, mm-hmm. just like his dad. Oh, and, uh, like
0: that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Hussein is, uh, is an entrepreneur. He has several international businesses, mm-hmm. and he's in the health sector. He has mm-hmm. a degree in health um, science. And then I have Iman, she's the only girl, of course, spoiled. (laughs) My young, we call her. And she's also graduated um, university with health science degree. And then the youngest of them, who is 23, Mohammed, is a United States Air Force, um, what do you call it? Officer. Officer, mashallah. Yeah.
0: So so how did you manage all those things? Because I know America if you want to go to school, you should find a babysitter, especially if you have four kids. Then you went to the school to study. How did you marry the two? Like, how did you manage to do that?
1: You know, um, it's interesting that you said that. Actually, um, there was a point in time of our lives that we went back to Nigeria to visit. Hmm. And uh, I was like, let me try and apply for scholarship so I can also go to school and actually one of the interviews question at the scholarship board the guy was asking me you are a housewife if we give you scholarship and you go to school who is going to take care of the children and who is going to cook for your husband can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) and so i i told him i said you know my husband um is able to help me take care of the kids when i go to school in the evening just like i would take care of the kids when he goes to school in the daytime like
0: as we are talking now my wife is yes. in the working place right now she's at work she's not uh-huh. she's here with the kids
1: mm. <laughs> So exactly so life is give and take you know right. women have the right for education as much as men have the right for education and in when you marry someone it's a partnership yes it's not uh, uh, like you are you are applying for a job where you have, you know, a set of hours where you have to work nine to five. Mm. It's a life partnership, so you support each other. And in that is what I got from my husband, the support of unionship, so we can all prosper.
0: Yeah. So uh, in the teacher line, let's come back here to you. So the younger kids you are with, I can see so much love in your face in your eyes with them too so how are you you know coping with the kids especially you are now getting older so you are not getting younger anymore it's like you need maybe peace of mind maybe i'm at my 50s i need to get enough of rest you know how 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 can you at this age
1: yeah, also, honestly, it's something I believe that, you know, what you do, you must be able to love, especially in a teaching line. It's not for everyone. You know, back home, we used to just shove teaching into people's faces, and we would be like, just go even teach.
0: Mm, before you get some better
1: Yeah, it's not that. You either love it and you have it in you or you don't. And if you don't, it will show. So it's really my cup of tea. That's what I call it. It's my cup of tea. I love it. That what fulfills me. Going out, going to work and seeing those children fulfilling their needs, nurturing them, supporting them, uplifting them, it what makes me happy. Because I do believe that it's life is a circle. What you get, what you give, you get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so i i go to work and just treating those kids like my own and uh, that's how you raise a health a healthy society
0: yeah so you are here in the united states for more than 30 years Hawaii. and you are still speaking with like all this uh british accent what happened <laughs> can you can't, can't you americanize your english
1: well i love <laughs> tell you something i have given, sorry, that. i have given america a lot okay i mm-hmm. have given america myself my services and uh, left my country came here and lived all my adult life because i left nigeria when i was 17. for the one thing i am not going to even try to give is my accent i am so happy when i go out and people the first thing they look at me with my hijab they know i'm a muslim i don't even have to say i'm a muslim they don't ask me what's your religion. Mm-hmm. Once I open my mouth, even just to say what's your name, my name is, they'll be like, Where are you from? I love that. I love that. Yes.
0: Especially, <laughs> especially sometimes if you are like, Okay, where are you from? and you mistakenly say, I am from here, then yes. they
1: ask you originally, originally, yes, yes, yes. and I will always. Proudly, I'm from Nigeria. So, so you retain that don't accent? use my accent. No, and you know, I really want to say this thing also before we go further. Mm-hmm. You know, as an early childhood education specialist, I want our viewers, especially from Nigeria, mm-hmm. to understand that growing up who you are is critical to the survival of life. Right. We must be able to be proud of who we are right. to bounce in life. From our foundation, you know. So we here in America, when we teach children, we teach them multiculturally mm-hmm. to support to support all their aspects of life. Right. You know, in our daycare centers, schools, you will come to a classroom, you will find our dolls ethnic like from all ethnic background. I got my daddy finger, daddy finger, daddy finger. Wing. Where are you? Where's daddy finger? In the inside the finger. And then, guys, we got mommy finger, mommy finger, where are you? What happened? Okay, okay, sit down and do mommy finger. Sit down. Good job. Come here. Good job, Okay, mommy going inside and then brother finger is also going inside. But guess what? The baby finger and the sister finger are going sleeping. So fold them. Fold the fold the baby and the brother, the sister. Hey, leave her alone. So sit down. Okay, leave her alone, okay? We have Asian doll, African dolls. We have, of Caucasians, mm-hmm. all kinds of ethnicity. So we don't come trying to change kids to something they are now. So I right. see in Nigeria some even schools, they will not hire people mm-hmm. with accent to teach. They just work so hard to try to change the way English is being spoken back home. They want their children to speak like Europeans or Americans. Mm-hmm. And they are not. It's not healthy. So from grassroots, you are raising children with low self-esteem. Right. You are teaching them to be someone they are not, somebody they are not. So like I, for me, my, 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 my profession really grounded me and helps me to retain who I am and to be proud of who I am, which is an African, a Nigerian, an Arewa girl from, of course, Barbara. Yes,
0: I love
1: that.
0: <laughs> so what. Yeah. How did you find yourself into social media world? Especially people who think, okay, this is how Barbara and she is getting older and she is in this social media.
1: Let me yeah. ask you this.
0: Why are you into social media? What impact are you trying to make?
1: I, I um, really started the social media way back when I was uh, developing my business, come. Well, it was something I have been doing for a well, long.
0: Which year
1: is that? Uh, it has to be eighty. I mean, nine. Uh, two thousand, maybe two thousand one or two. Yeah, because
0: when I was in Nigeria, I can I can remember that movies.com.
1: Yes, yes. Is so,
0: it, I that I yours? It. Huh? Is that yours?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. How
0: did you
1: come up with that what do you think the the story goes like um so we in the beginning like we were a lot of people will really um connect with me in this when you come you leave your home you beg you long for home like food you have to bring the ingredients to cook food to 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 feel home so the same thing was entertainment we can watch all the hollywood entertainment all the Bollywood movies, but we're still missing. So right. when I would go visit Nigeria and I started seeing how some movies on a CD mm-hmm. and I will bring them, you know, with me and then we will be mailing them to friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and so, please mail it and we will ship it just to borrow and they will have to ship it back to me. Mm-hmm. So from that, I got the idea to sell it. Mm So I went back and had a meeting with the industry people, and that's how Hausa movies came about. I'm really very proud to tell you the first one ever who took Hausa movies to the World Wide Web and sold it worldwide. I ship movies even to Alaska. Wow, that is fun. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. worldwide. Remember
0: when, yeah, I remember Shark City Shark was talking about that
1: yes what? i i sold it worldwide i made a lot of money until youtube um you know the 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 like you know rush of youtube yeah. and the industry people they started just putting their movies on youtube just for a fraction of uh like ads so they I was mean, which
0: is very very little compared to yes. selling the right to you as individual, you know like as a business right. lady
1: No, I mean, like, they still don't understand um, the business of YouTube. To be honest with you, I'm still struggling to make an impact in the industry. I just fail a lot, miserably. But I'm not giving up. I know.
0: (laughs) So, want. let's talk about our society, especially the housing society. Do you have anything anything to say about, like... uh, how they handle the education of girls the child education girls education is very important and uh, we can see it here no difference you can't even say okay I'm sending my boy to school while the girl will be at home you can't even do you can't even dare
1: to do that here mm. so it's, do you it's it's to do. yeah it's that? amazing right you asked that question it's interesting because I have a live I do a lot of live um sessions on Instagram. And all the reason for those live sessions is really to be able to exchange ideas to our young mothers and, you know, people who are still having kids and also our youth to show them to change their, uh, like, um, mindset on not only girls' education, including boys. We must understand as society, it's not just girls you educate. You also need to educate the boys, the young boys, you know, but in Educating Girl, I wanted to be able to let you know, like my live session next one coming up is about why, like in Ariwa especially, we teach girls or prepare them for marriage rather than prepare them for life. Right. And yet we have a lot of failed marriages. Yet we have high divorce rates. Everywhere in the world, we are suffering from divorce rates. It's not just Ariwa or Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But I just understand why we are still viewing females as nothing more than you have to grow up and you have to get married. It's the mm-hmm. only way for success. So that should be one of the ways, but it shouldn't be in this modern day life the only mm-hmm. way or the focus. I'd rather prepare my daughter for life and marriage happens to be one of the life. Right. Then just focus on preparing. So our culture is one that narrows the girl's child, like life, to be focused on just marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things change we have to broaden. You know this idea into preparing our girls to be successful for life, not just to be successful as a wife. Mm. because so, when you get married you are not just a wife mm. also you are, you are hoping to produce, you are going to become a mother right. and so you are growing up to be a mother of society not just a wife of a husband and a mother to one or two kids
0: if somebody so, is watching us now if somebody mm-hmm. is watching us or maybe listening to you, so for those who can see you here right, we see Tihawa with a traditional attire not with the Western dress, like all this suit and, you know, all this heart. What happened? Because it's not easy for somebody who is more than 30 years in a particular place to, like, right? Uh, not to adapt the system over there. Right. So you are still her work. Yes. The lady over there.
1: Yeah. T- um, to be honest with you, I have never uh, changed for who I am in the way of my culture, my religion, or my background. That's what shape who I am. And Mm. so that will never change in me. And that is what is supposed to be in everyone. People Mm. are created and being uh, set into the different uh, parts of the world. And if we all want to be somebody, there will be nobody. Mm. So you, you have a purpose in life and your purpose has to be from grassroots of who you are as a person and who you are stems from your culture your background no one is 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 there as a person without foundation so it's very important for me as a person to carry on myself as a muslim first then you know as who i am as a house a woman yeah that's something will never change you know in me how
0: a lot of profession i ask everyone in this show this question you are highly professionals, you guys. And uh, let me use the words of American words like you guys. You are highly professionals. And uh, you are not in Nigeria, in Af- wherever you come from, from Africa, you are not there. Do you think you contribute a lot from here more than when, if compared to like maybe you are in Nigeria? How do you think that? You're not- you know, why are you not in Nigeria? Why are you giving so much here more than Nigeria? Do you think that?
1: Yes, uh, to be honest with you, I, a lot of people in diaspora, I want to borrow uh, or their mouth and chew their onion, if I can translate it yes. like that. Yes, like, to to
0: say
1: say that's not Direct translation, <laughs> right. we all care. Believe me, we all care. We wanted to go back home and give back to the society. But I'm sorry to say the fact that it's not easy. The, the government is not making it easy for the diaspora people to go home and give back to the society, okay? It's a lot of challenge. I know many people who tried and failed miserably and come back. Yes. As you may have it, our heart goes back home. No matter what we do, we are focused in really helping Nigeria at large, you know? So it. we will say to ourselves, even if we can't go back there, we will still do what we can from here. And not just me, you see a lot of diaspora people having projects of like sponsoring kids, go Mm. to school, paying uh, medicine for a lot of people who couldn't afford it. Mm. They do a lot. These people are here working tirelessly day and night. A lot of their savings, if any, is going back to Nigeria. Not just me, many diaspora people.
0: Right how what do you want to achieve in the future especially you know everyone who is doing a particular thing he want to achieve something big like me i'm doing the Kavara show but you think whatever i'm doing my dream is to have a channel one day on the satellite so what do you want to achieve
1: my my main goal or long-term goal honestly is for me to be able to finish my phd right now i'm doing my doctoral degree in early childhood education if everything goes well, uh, goes well, I will I will graduate uh, in the year 2022, mm-hmm. and so my my main long term goal is to be able to go back to Nigeria and help you know, um, change, make some uh, really impacting critical changes in the educational sector, most especially in the section of early childhood education. This is my main objective what I wanted to do. Now having said that even if I'm not able to go back and and do this I am still going to continue doing what I do what I do right now reaching out to people from the through the social media impacting lives and helping them with you know ways and tools to be able to see a brighter future ahead of them. Tell me something maybe within a minute about the charity
0: you know, you are so much engaged in so much charity stuff in Nigeria. Especially, I can see your social media all the time helping people. And uh, this uh, one right is getting so much of your support.
1: Yes. Mashallah, we have people also back in Nigeria who are really giving people and spiritual people who can't sleep. Knowing people are suffering, people like Fauzia, Mansura, and many others to mention a few. And so I'm sitting here with all the privileges I have. I don't know not to have food. I don't know not to have electricity. And you know, in America, you know, we are privileged. I just suffered from two heart attacks. I know recently. Yeah, recently at the time to say that I didn't even have insurance. Now I do. But yeah. that time I didn't, and yet I got the best care, yeah, best yeah. care possible. So, you must me, first. right for me to be able to appreciate what I have, I have to be able to, to to offer a lending hand to others. You know, saying thank you is not just a mouth a bear like something you oh, still yeah. with your mouth. You also have to act it. So, yeah. seeing all those helpless people, all I could do is offer my helping hands from here. To, ha- to do whatever I can. I want people to know that you can always help. Even when you don't have it, you can share things, you know, in social media. Many times I don't even have the money to give, but me sharing with friends, you see a friend is having the opportunity to be like, oh my God, you know, let me do this.
0: Yes, yes, so, that, that's very good. And when you have maybe a vacation, a holiday, what are you people doing, especially with the professor? You know, because sometimes we can see that love even in the olden days. You
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. So
0: what what do you do to
1: to 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 chill? Let me use the <laughs> word chill. <laughs> yeah, we we really do enjoy um, watching house movies. We enjoy going to the park. Uh, my husband and I, we always have to a spot to go to in the you know like here in the U.S. We have a lot of public. Parks that yes. we can go and sit down and just chill, and we love to eat out. We eat out a lot, even though it's not healthy. But there's not but that happens, much, you know? yeah. Right. So we do that, and now you know, my and husband. Oh,
0: we have like a lot of organic stuff, so you can do
1: that. Yes, that's true. He's back in Nigeria, and so we do a lot of um, uh what do you call them? The FaceTime. Yeah, or oh, just the only one of the ways we meet is on social media. <laughs>
0: you guys are so modern. I love that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so finally,
0: give us your last take-home message for everyone who is listening or watching this. Madugun Kabara,
1: Kabara, you are watching now. So what I want to say, is really more geared to our youth. I just want our youth to focus on changing their frame of minds into focusing in the future of becoming our future leaders. Whatever you see happening now, whether you have or you lack of it, you know that you can make a difference, but you can never make a difference if you don't get up and, and help yourself. So I want our youth to focus on becoming our future leaders and do that with the mindset of respect, dignity, understanding, and give him back to the society selflessly Hawa,
0: let me show you this we love you so much and uh, thank take care you of yourself and stay safe and
1: uh keep giving it thank you very much it's my pleasure thank you, thank you so much thank you so much for your time <laughs> thank you.